can I ask if you're standing, please remain standing. If you are seated, please stand. And Anne, if we can just have that first slide up. I'd just like us to stand in silence for a minute as we remember the Queen and the Royal Family, the King and the Royal Family at this time. Thank you. You can be seated. As this nation mourns the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, there's a sense of great loss, and rightly so. For most people alive today, they have only ever known her as the monarch. In all the change that has taken place in the last 70 years, there has been one constant in this nation, and that has been the Queen. Not only will people be feeling a sense of loss, but there will also be many who will feel lost at this time. The rudder that steered the ship, the anchor that held fast in the storm, is no more. It has almost been fitting that after months of heat and drought that the heavens opened on the day that she died. The heavens cried along with the many. In this and many other nations who shed tears on hearing of the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. The Queen dedicated her life to serving this nation and the nations of the Empire and later the Commonwealth. As she declared in her speech made over the radio, in Cape Town to the nations of the empire on the celebration of her 21st birthday. I can make my solemn act of dedication with the whole empire listening. I should like to make that dedication now. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Much later in her life, in fact, just last month, she said, Throughout my life, the message and teachings of Christ have been my guide, and in them I find hope. She was the queen who loved 
to serve her King, Jesus Christ. In this time when many people are feeling lost, we, the church, have much to offer them. We have a hope in someone who will never die. He did once, but that was to conquer sin and death and make the way for us to come into the presence of our Heavenly Father. Jesus has a passion for the lost, as we will see in the two parables we'll look at today. As we look at the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. Let's read the account of the lost sheep as found in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Many in the world today are lost without even knowing it. They've walked their own path, made their own decisions. They might be wealthy because of hard work and effort or because of family fortunes. They might be struggling because they were born on the wrong side of the tracks and have grown up without opportunity or guidance. And they have had to forge their own way in this challenging world. Whatever their background, they are living their own lives, living for themselves. Living without an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. The only time they hear his name is when someone curses. And they do the same without realizing what they are saying or who they are speaking about. Each one of these lost sheep are important to Jesus Christ, who is the great shepherd, who cares about his flock, who knows every one of his flock and loves each and every one. Jesus came down from heaven to earth to take care of his flock, to gather the sheep into his fold and make a way for all to be part of his flock. He came and set the example for us to become shepherds and be those who look out for the lost sheep, to go out and to look for them. The shepherd in this parable discovers that one of his sheep is missing. It has got, be, it has got left behind as they were traveling from one pasture to another. He's not sure where or when it got lost, but he gathers his sheep. He real, but as he gathers his sheep, he realizes that one is missing. He's con concerned for that sheep and knows just what he must do. He ensures that the 99 sheep are in, in a place where they will not be in danger. They're in open countryside where danger can't creep up on them and cause them problems. And then he goes looking for the one lost sheep. He must backtrack over the countryside that he has just travelled through, keeping a keen lookout for the lost sheep. He traverses the countryside, looking over each hill and each valley, searching for the one sheep. 
Being a good shepherd, he knows where a hungry lost sheep would be, what the lost sheep would find attractive, the lush green grass and the cool running stream. And before not too long, he discovers the one lost sheep and takes hold of it and joyfully puts it on his shoulders and carries it back to the rest of the flock. And then he invites his friends to come and celebrate with him. Now what can we learn from this parable? Firstly, every, everyone is precious to Jesus. And he does not want even one person to be lost. Every person is special, unique, and loved by God. Secondly, the best place for each person to be is in the flock of Jesus Christ. To be part of the body of Christ, the church. There is safety in numbers, and there is community and companionship. And thirdly, each one of us is responsible for looking for the lost sheep. It is not the role of the pastors and leaders, but each one of us. If we have Jesus Christ living in us, it makes us a shepherd, and we are called to look for those who are lost. Let's read the second parable, as found in verses 8 to 10 of Luke 15. Jesus is still speaking. Well, suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. She doesn't, does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The woman is in her house and she's lost one silver coin from the ten that she has. She's concerned because that one coin is valuable and she needs to find it. It is night time, but she starts looking straight away. She doesn't wait until the morning when it's light, but she lights her lamp and begins to search, first sweeping the house and then searching carefully for it until she finds it. How many of us can afford to lose a silver coin and not worry about it? I don't think any one of us would just forget about it and say, I still have nine silver coins. Why do I need the tenth one? We too would be searching for that lost silver coin if that was us. Now in July, Jill and I went down to Bognor Regis area to celebrate our wedding anniversary. We had a lovely meal at a restaurant on the seafront and then a walk along the seafront before heading over to the hotel where we were spending the night. And it's that day that God found us, our new house as well. It was his gift to us on our wedding anniversary. We had a lovely dinner and a relaxing time. And the next morning, after a good breakfast, we headed over to Arundel and had a wonderful morning walking around the town and exploring it. And while we were there, we saw a craft market in a hall. And I said to Jill, let's go in and look at it. And she was a little bit reluctant. She didn't want to go in. She said, no. I said, I then persuaded her to come with me. And the first stall that we saw was run by an elderly lady who was, making, who was selling custom-made jewelry. It's the jewelry that her daughter made. The daughter had some health issues. She was very hard of hearing. Um, and so she made the jewelry, but she wasn't able to sell it because she struggled in a crowd to hear people speaking. 
And it was a lovely jewel, silver and the powy shell that comes from New Zealand. <clears throat> and uh, Jill found a necklace and a pair of earrings that she liked and so bought them. They were not expensive, but they were beautiful, and Jill really likes them. They were custom-made, handmade, and so they're quite special. And she blamed me for, for her having to buy them. She, I told her to go inside, yeah. My fault that she had to buy them. So, yeah. About a week later, I came in from work, and Jill was in the living room of our old house, and she was in a bit of a panic. The earrings had come out of her ears, and she couldn't find them. She searched high and low, but without any luck, and she was quite upset, not because they were expensive, but because they were, were unique, and she loved the story behind them. She eventually found one of them when she went up to the bedroom and took her top off. It had fallen down in her top and was stuck inside her blouse or top that she was wearing, and it fell to the floor. The other one was nowhere to be found, and we searched high and low. A number of days later, she was preparing to do some baking and was looking for some of the ingredients in one of the kitchen cupboards. And there, on top of, on top of one of the containers, was the earring lying there. How it got there, I have no idea. She, uh, she'd been cleaning the cupboard, that's what she says. Okay, she was cleaning the cupboard and it must have fallen out. We were so grateful that she found it because we had no way really of replacing just one earring. And the earring matched, matched the necklace, and so she wouldn't want to wear the earring without uh, wear the, the necklace without the earrings. Now we celebrated her finding the missing earring, even though it was not something of great value. How much more did that woman rejoice when she found her lost silver coin? She calls all her friends and neighbors together and asks them to rejoice with her, because she has found her lost silver coin. So what can we learn from this parable? Firstly, the world is a dark place, especially now for many people. So many are struggling with the death of the Queen. Secondly, right now the world needs to see the light of Christ that we carry within ourselves. We need to shine brightly and reveal the truth of Christ to those who are lost so they can find salvation and be brought into the family of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we are not to lose hope or give up, but to persevere in our search for the lost so that they can come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And then fourthly, in both these parables, there is great rejoicing in heaven for the one sinner who repents for their sin and comes to Christ. And at this time of mourning for the Queen, we need to be steadfast, strong, and full of hope. Because we know whose we are and who leads and guides us during these dark times. As I bring this to a close, to a close I want to quote the Queen one last time. I'm not sure when she said this, but it shows her understanding of who she was and whose she was and who her king is. The queen exclaimed, How I wish that the Lord would come in my lifetime. Why? asked the chaplain. The queen replied with quivering lips and a whole... Sorry. Her whole countenance lighted up by deep emotion. I should, show, I should so love to lay my crown at his feet.
Thanks, Brian, for sending that through to me. It was great. At this time of mourning, we are to take courage from knowing the queen is now in the presence of the king she so lovingly served, honored, and loved. We are to grieve with those who are grieving. We are to comfort those who are mourning. And we are to bring light and life to those who are lost and directionless. The queen is with our king, rejoicing in the presence of the heavenly hosts. How can we be despairing for her when she is in such a wonderful place? This is the good news we have to share with those who are struggling now. Let us look out for the lost, searching in this dark world for them by shining the light of Jesus Christ wherever we go and in whatever we do. And if you're a lost sheep and want to find, be found by Jesus, ask him to come into your life today. That's all you have to do, is just speak out and say, Jesus Christ, I want you to come into my life today to be my Lord and Savior. I don't deserve it, but you have made a way. I repent of my sin. That's all we need to say and invite him into your life. So if that's you, then do that now. The queen is dead. Long live the king. Let us rejoice and give praise, honor, and glory to the king of kings and queens, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We've got some discussion questions. Just, well, two and then two prayer points. First one is, how can you be a light, in the, a light to the dark world at this time? Secondly, do you know any lost sheep and how are you going to reach out to them? And thirdly, pray for one another, asking God to give you wisdom to be a shepherd to those who are lost. And lastly, pray for the king and the royal family as they grieve the death of the queen.